Hi, I'm Radhika Arapalli, the creator and host of Sustainability Stories, Balancing People, Planet and Profits. The show has a single objective to inspire and challenge businesses in their sustainability journey. The organization and the guest we are speaking to today has years of research into building sustainability into hospitality. They provide governance to the big hotel brands of the Marriott, Accor, IAG, Hiltons. They assist with the measurement and benchmarking for carbon, water consumption, guidance for human rights, youth employment. They also have some of the excellent reports and resources backed by science. That's none other than sustainable Hospitality Alliance, and I'm super thrilled to have today's guest, Claire Whitley, Senior Sustainability Manager at the Alliance, joining us for the show. Thanks, Claire. Welcome to Sustainability Stories podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. Hi, Radhika. Lovely to be here. Thank you for joining us. So as you're here, why don't you give us your background into sustainability? Sure. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I've I've always been interested in the environment, really. I had family holidays where we went camping and sort of went on walks, looked at the, the nature around us. Um, so that really kind of kickstarted um, a passion in me, I guess, which I took through and studied. So I did it from when I was 16. I studied environmental science and, and took it all the way through to master's. And then I was I was lucky enough, I guess. Um, I didn't have a specific industry in mind, but I was lucky enough to get a job at Hilton. And I found that I really, really loved the hotel industry. There's just so much scope to do so much in terms of the environmental work, but also the social sides of sustainability. And I spent nine years working there doing work around their global um, CR strategy, looking at their water stewardship projects creating behaviour change campaigns, all sorts of stuff. So really lucky to be able to kind of have my my fingers in lots of different pies, I guess. <laughs> then I got to join the Sustainable Hospitality Alliance um, about a year or so ago and have been able to work with lots of different hotel companies now. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, we work with lots of the, the big names and getting to kind of create resources for, for the whole of the industry. So having an impact even further than, than just one company. That's awesome. So you went from a big giant, Hilton, to a bigger giant called Sustainable <laughs> Hospitality Alliance. So with your role at Sustainable Hospitality Alliance, how do you support hotels in promoting sustainability? Give us a layout of how this how does it work? Sure. Um, yeah, so we work very much with the industry. We try and help the whole of the industry to progress. So we bring together some of the, the leading names across the hospitality industry. Um, some of the big guys, the likes of Hilton, Marriott, IHG, etc. Um, but we also work with a range of different companies. We have members um, that uh, kind of fall across different types. So as well as the big ones, we have smaller companies, um, some which are located in particular countries like India or Germany, and then um, some hotels which, you know, they have three hotels as opposed to thousands of hotels that the, the big companies do. So we're able to take that 
information gathering from from them we're able to get their experiences um, and their knowledge about what works in different types of hotels and use that to create um, different resources that could be used by anyone across the industry and we aim to create a lasting positive impact um, for the planet and its people and we align all the work that we do with the UN Sustainable Development Goals in committing to kind of drive continued action across things like human rights and youth employment on the social side, and then um, climate action and water stewardship on the environmental side. And we work with external partners, so the likes of um, different UN organisations, WWF, all sorts of organisations, and use the insights that we get from our members to, to create those free resources that we can then hopefully have an impact right across the whole of the industry and reach out to independent people as well. So it's actually nothing small or big. You actually work with across the spectrum of hotels. Yes, yeah. Um, and I mean, as an organisation, we are very small. Um, there's, I think, 12 of us now that work for the Alliance. Um, so, you know, we use the scale of um, of the people that we work with to, to really have the impact. Um, and we're kind of building on that as well um, and accounting for the fact that the industry is very, very complex. And, you know, there are so many different stakeholders involved, particularly in in hotels where you think about um, there's an owner of a building, there might be a management company, then there's the um, the chain um, company as well and we're, we're looking at that and, and recently actually created um, an affiliate membership to reach out to the the owners and, and investors as well so we're really trying to sort of you know um, I guess scale up what our impact could be. I think definitely having owners on board is key to actually solving if we can on the sustainability mm. and hospitality so like you said Claire there's so many reports Really, it's exhaustive list when it comes to waste, carbon and water and, you know, some of the tools and guidance documents that you have there. While I have you here, can I ask you to share with us any two of them that you're passionate about and why would you recommend? Yeah, sure. So um, I think the first one that I would recommend is our business case. Um, it's a document that we put together with um, assistance from from the various members but also from the likes of um, the IFC which is a member of the World Bank and this really looks at why sustainability makes sense from a business point of view um, and looks into all the different aspects such as you know there's the savings that could be made but there's also legislation coming in and things like that um, and really kind of breaks down why it makes sense to different people in the value chain and what they can do. So that's probably the first place that I would go to kind of understand why it's important to do this and, and why it makes sense. Um, and then the second thing I would recommend is our measurement tools. So mm. th there are three measurement tools, but if you'll allow me, I'll kind of group them into one, <laughs> one piece there. So we have the Hotel Carbon Measurement Initiative and the Hotel Water Measurement Initiative. And then there's also the Hotel Waste Measurement um, Methodology. 
And those are, um, as everything else, free resources, um, but they really help to understand what your impacts are. So you can easily put, um, as a hotel, you can easily put information into these and get a figure out of the end uh, in terms of what your carbon impacts are, your water impacts and your waste impacts. So that would then allow you to kind of create a baseline and work out how much you want to reduce by um, and they also allow kind of comparison across different hotels so um, you know you could compare yourself um, to some benchmarking there's a oh, benchmark yeah so there's benchmark. a benchmarking enabled too so if I say I'm based as a hotel in Dubai without the mm -hmm. help of a consultant I could do it all by myself and benchmark yeah. it with hotels in Dubai yeah, yeah, you can. Um, yeah, there's the Cornell Hotel Sustainability Benchmark, which is something that um, Greenview um, work on. And they use the, the information from HCMI and HWMI. And so you can take your own figures and kind of compare them to, to anyone. You could compare them to kind of the global portfolio of hotels that report through CHSB. Or you could, like you say, just, you know, select Dubai or, or wherever. And then do it. And what's the support chain for all of this? So suppose anyone has any questions, any feedback on any of these reports, what's the mm. helpline? Yeah, so we've got um, our sort of generic email address um, that, that can be contacted for support on them. And we, you know, happily provide information or um, help you to kind of work through how to input the your data into those tools. Well, thank you so much, Claire. And you know, as I have you here, and I'm actually seeing, I last week I was at an event where there were 150 people attending the event. So, you know, it's nice to have that industry bounce back. And, you know, as we bounce back and as travel is again, the pent up demand is coming back. I was hoping you could give us some feasible advice that hotels can take to with regards to driving and implementing sustainable initiatives. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've we've known for a long time, haven't we, that our dependence on fossil fuels is is unsustainable, um, and we have a very wasteful consumption. Um, and recently, with with COVID, with kind of the um, as you say, the bounce back, we've seen a really deepened awareness, um, and guests are becoming much more aware. I think Booking.com um, found that 58% of people are actually thinking more about the environment when they're booking hotels since COVID. So it's really becoming crucial. Um, it's also critical for tourism as we rely very much um, on having, having flourishing ecosystems and communities around us. Um, but it can look very scary when you look at everything that you could possibly do and you're kind of starting out as a, as a company, it can look very scary. So my suggestion would be to kind of start where you are um, and particularly thinking about measuring as the first step, understanding exactly where you are, um, and then start to take some very simple steps. So in terms of um, thinking about decarbonisation, for example, you can actually make a large difference just by controlling what you're doing within the hotel. So for example, when you are um, checking guests into the hotel, rather than just kind of dotting them wherever across the different rooms, if you start to think about clustering where you're putting guests in rooms, um, so kind of putting them on one floor or one wing, however your hotel is laid out, 
you can actually reduce the need to um, kind of air condition, heat the whole of the hotel and save quite a lot that way. You can also use simple things like occupancy sensors um, or light sensors, which can reduce energy consumption. So that can be quite a, a simple way to, to start. Um, and then also I would say kind of just raising your team's awareness of things and making sure that they understand the little things that they can do during their day-to-day -day roles because they are busy they <laughs> completely understand everyone in hotels is very busy um, but there are simple things that can be done um, particularly by teams like housekeeping um, food and beverage and engineering they can have some really big impacts um, on on energy on water and on waste consumption within hotels so the number one feasible thing you would advise is raising awareness yeah yeah definitely um and we'll be um we we actually at the start of this month announced that we're creating a pathway um and that this will be um a resource for the, the whole of the industry that kind of looks at the different stages within sustainability. So taking it right from the starting line when hotels have done nothing, which a lot of the industry um, is kind of right at the, the starting line, um, moving through those hotels that are starting to do a little bit more right up to the ones that are going for things like net zero and um, even beyond. So there's a lot of talk about regenerative hospitality and kind of giving back more than you're taking at the moment. Um, so we're creating a pathway that looks at that and tries to help hotels understand where they are on that journey and how they can get to the next point rather than kind of seeing the end goal and thinking, oh gosh, that's too much for me. I, you know, I can't even get started. Oh, it's nice to have an industry benchmark for because I know each hotel brand at the moment has their own sort of a pathway mm. for engaging on sustainability initiatives, right? So it's nice to have an industry benchmark too. And would that be a free resource that anyone can access? Yes, yeah, yeah, it would be free. Um, and we're aiming to launch the first part of that in March next year. When that goes live, Claire, we'll have you back again to give us more into what is that all about. We've touched about reports. We've touched about what feasible actions can we do. And when you talk about decarbonizing the industry, I know most of it is actually reliant on our direct and indirect actions, which is about your supply chain. So, yeah. you know, with your work on supply chain and sustainability, there are two faces to it. It's either seen as a force for good or it's seen as a giant carbon footprint it's a tough one. So what's your perspective on this topic? How do you support hotels or vendors on being more sustainable in their supply chain process? Yeah, indeed. When, when you're thinking about most environmental and some social impacts, the supply chain can be where the majority of a hotel company or any company's impacts are. Um, so scope three carbon can be kind of around 60% for some companies or even higher. Then you've got um, hotels who are not located in water stressed areas can still have a high impact if they're purchasing from water stressed areas. And again, biodiversity very much seems like a, a very local thing. Um, and it, it is in some ways, but again, you can have enormous biodiversity impacts through the items that you're buying, both in terms of the materials used to, to build a hotel and furnish a hotel, but also the food that's being served to guests. 
So we've created a couple of, of resources, um, things like fact sheets, which hotels can learn a little bit more about how they can reduce the, the impacts of their supply chain and also single use plastics and food waste fact sheets as well, which really kind of dig into specific areas of, of interest. Any items which are brought into the hotel aren't being wasted and all the resources and impacts that come with creating those resources aren't being aren't being wasted. Um, so I think one key thing for hotels to do is really think about what it is that you're buying and why you're buying it. Um, and, you know, the, the first step on the journey is reduce. So it, do you actually need to purchase those items um, or is there something else that you can purchase that kind of has a, a lower impact, um, but for the same quality, for the same um, experience of the guest, because that has to be kind of one of the the, the central points within any, anything that's done is guest experience. But we're also, as well as working with our hotels and, and trying to reduce their impacts, we're very aware that hotels are part of the supply chain for other companies. So many corporate companies are purchasing room nights all over the world for their business travel. And we recently launched some guidance for those organisations who are looking to assess the sustainability of um, hotels in their supply chain. And this basically um, is a document which includes lots of questions that they can um, use to determine sustainability and to get quality responses. There are so many organisations out there at the moment that are trying to get information from hotels, but they're all asking different questions or asking the same question with a slightly different twist to it, which makes it very difficult for the hotel companies um, to respond in a, a really robust way. So what we've tried to do with this resource is to create something which enables those corporate companies out there to ask the same questions, ask very um, robust and, and good questions, but ask the same questions of everyone so that they then get comparable information and it becomes easier for the hotels so that they can spend less time on kind of reporting and more time on actually doing the work that, that makes a difference. That's a brilliant idea. So you institutionalized this entire process. So RFP for the hotels becomes a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. You know what? After this, could you please share the link with me? I'll definitely make sure to include that in the show notes. Well, I told you, I told my listeners it's going to be a very exciting episode and we've had so much actually. We've had feasible actions we can undertake. We've had so much on sustainable supply chain and more on your reports. With that, Claire, while I have you, there's one more topic that's been troubling me and I suppose I can have a go at asking you. It's about net zero. You know, in the recent few weeks coming up to COP, we've seen big industries, big brands, countries even. From where I live, literally every country around me has come up with a net zero target. So when we talk about hospitality, what does net zero for a hotel mean? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been a lot of discussion about <laughs> net zero. Um, and there's, it's been both negative and positive. So with all the discussions, um, there's been a lot about whether action is happening fast enough um, and whether these commitments are robust. 
And I think, you know, as well as looking towards 2050, net zero commitments need to have robust markers that are kind of along the way to ensure that we have really strong and continuous progress, rather than companies leaving all of the improvements for the last few years with the hope that there will be some kind of magic technology that comes in and saves the day. Um, many experts have warned that this isn't going to be enough. And it generally accepted that we need to halve our emissions by the end of this decade, which is, you know, is, is quite a challenge. Um, and it, it's also important to consider how much of the total should come from actual decarbonisation, so reducing energy, and how much can come from things like offsetting. And while there will need to be some offsetting initially, I think the main focus should always be on reducing energy rather than um, offsetting and kind of making sure that you're also moving to renewable sources of energy. This year, the Alliance co-authored a methodology with Greenview, WTTC and PATA, which really goes into how hotel companies can ensure that their net zero ambitions are done in a robust way um, and really kind of um, looks at the, the markers on that journey, um, but also how much should be coming from offsetting and the different types of activities that can be done. Also, one of our longstanding members, IHG, released a white paper this year, which looked at the possibility of turning an existing hotel into net zero. Um, and that's something that's really important. There's been a lot of focus, I think, on, um, on new builds, on making sure that they're up to scratch. But actually, 80% of the buildings that will be here in 2050 are here now. So we need to make sure that we're retrofitting and renovating to, to make existing buildings net zero. And they found within this IHG paper that it's possible to reduce carbon emissions by about 75 to 80% with on-site measures, which is massive. Yeah. Um, and that, that's through things like um, controlling and monitoring energy use that I mentioned earlier, improving thermal performance of the building, upgrading and electrifying equipment, um, and installing on-site renewable sources as well can, can make a difference. And we've seen a massive move um, from many industry players that are working collectively to try and drive that movement towards net zero with companies committing to achieving net zero, including Accor, IHG, Marriott and, and many others. Um, but as well as within kind of the, I guess, the hospitality subsector, there's been an unprecedented move by the industry this year um, across the whole of travel and tourism. And the Glasgow Declaration for Climate Action in Tourism was released at, at COP. Um, and it's spearheaded by the Travel Foundation, Tourism Declares a Climate Emergency and UNWTO. And this declaration really allows organisations across travel and tourism to demonstrate their commitments to halving emissions by 2030 and reaching net zero by 2050 at the latest. So trying to do it, you know, as soon as possible by 2040, if possible, but 2050 is kind of the end date. Um, and as well as being a commitment that, you know, people sign up to, organisations can sign up to, it's 
something that will require them to create a robust action plan and to report annually on the progress that they make. So there is um, accountability built into that as well. So I think we're really seeing the industry starting to step up um, and really kind of take this challenge seriously, partially because, you know, there is so much pressure on them to do so because investors are interested, um, guests are interested, but also because as an industry, we very much rely on the environment, the communities around us. So we have to ensure that they stay strong. Otherwise, you know, we yeah. haven't got a business. Exactly. It's it's become a moral and a business imperative that we get this often. Mm. It's great to see. Now, that's really interesting how you gave us a breakdown into net zero and the markers is what's really important then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have to make sure that we're making continual progress. We we cannot leave this for tomorrow. <laughs> it's also exciting that sometimes the industry is actually sounds much bigger than what some of the garments are actually promising. So mm. it's definitely an inspiring when you hear hospitality, like the big hotel brands come out and declare and take a pledge for climate action. So Claire, you obviously work for a super, super company which keeps itself on top of resources and sustainability. What do you rely on to keep yourself updated in this industry? Mm. I think there's a couple of things. Um, so there's there's the likes of um, Skift is very useful. Um, but the, the main ones that I use, I think, are um, Hospitality Net, because you can find out what's happening generally in the industry. But there's also a fantastic panel on there for sustainability leaders to share their thoughts on different um, topics on sustainability. And they have different people from, um, from the likes of the, the Alliance, um, but also from people who have different roles within the industry. So those who are running small chains, people who are working on sustainability in big chains, um, there's academics on there. So it really gives a well-rounded um, idea of what's happening and, and what the key topics are um, and the key challenges as well. And then I think as well, ED for me um, is a great platform. Um, they have really good information in terms of what different companies around the world in different industries are doing to increase sustainability. So it's not just focusing on kind of the hospitality side. It's it's everything. You've got different um, food and beverage manufacturers, fashion, um, engineering companies. There's all sorts on there. And I think it's always useful to to really kind of look at what different um, different industries are doing to see what you can learn from them, because they may seem like a very different industry on the surface. But when you dig down, there's often a lot of similarities in the challenges that we face. Correct. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, supply chain is supply chain for anyone. So I think a lot of them energy efficiency. So I definitely see. It's not often that you have a podcast that recommend other podcasts, but I would do that with ED. They also have a podcast, which is quite well known and popular. And if you're my listeners, I would say, do go there and listen in too. And how do listeners find you online? Um, they can connect on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, but also the Alliance. Um, we share a lot of our updates on there. Um, and then you can also look up sustainablehospitalityalliance.org and you'll find our website. We've got lots of different resources on there, which are all free to use. Um, and 
guidance on how to use them as well. Um, and the email address is on there as well if you want to kind of reach out and connect with us at all. Perfect. And I think I've got everything I wanted to ask you, Claire. Is there any leaving message you want to leave the listeners with? Um, I would say in terms of the environmental um, impact, it can seem very scary, but just take that first step. As soon as you take that first step and start on the journey, you'll see different things that you can do and, and really kind of be able to build on it. I know. Otherwise, eco-anxiety gets to you and it just starts yeah. seeming like it's the impossible. But there's materials out there. And if you're in short of any inspiration, I think definitely head to the Alliance because there are case studies and plenty of resources to get you started in any of this direction. Yeah. And do you also do webinars? Yeah, yeah, we do sometimes do webinars um, and we'll share on LinkedIn when, when we've got things coming up as well. Perfect. Now, thank you so much, Claire. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and definitely it's been a very informative session for me too. Thank you. It's been lovely to speak to you, Radhika. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would love your feedback on reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.